Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Saturday, November 28, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell, and this is our Week 12 primetime slate, previewing the Sunday night and Monday night games. And Shane, we might have a wild Sunday afternoon. We might have John Elway playing quarterback for the Broncos, but on this slate, it should be a little bit more straightforward. We don't really have the COVID issues. We've got a couple regular injury issues here and there, but maybe it's going to be a little bit more predictable than this main slate. Yeah, well, are you thinking this is Trubisky's last stand here, or what? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to save yeah, his career. Yeah, you know, they really should have. Yeah, it's good they drafted me over uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's oh my gosh. going to say. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there because I'm a salty Lions fan. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you say that though, how ridiculous does it sound? Yeah, I know it does. Wow. Sound pretty, I know. So we'll see. We'll see. Trubisky. He doesn't have anything to lose at this point, I guess. But uh, he's he's got to go out there. I mean, Nick Foles hasn't looked great either. But yeah, that's uh, it. I, I notice it's a pretty. It's a tough. Uh, you know, Chicago plays Green Bay tough for the Sunday night game here. Um, but I was surprised that Green Bay was favored by ten points here. So that's a that's a huge favorite. It just shows the direction these te- two teams are going in. Or one's really hot and one is not hot at all. They're cold. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's look at these lines here, courtesy of our presenting sponsor, BetUS.com.pa. You'll hear about a tremendous offer from them for our listeners uh, halfway through the show. So in game one, as Chicago travels to play Green Bay, as you mentioned, Green Bay, the 10 point home favorites over under only 44. So they're not expecting much from Trubisky and the Bears in, in Vegas. Uh, in terms of injuries, we do have some key injuries here. Uh, in addition to Trubisky being in for Foles, we've got the left tackle questionable for the Bears, Charles Leno. We've got David Montgomery back in their leading rusher. And then how about this? We usually don't focus so much on a defensive injury, but there's a key one on the Bears side. Akeem Hicks, star defensive tackle. He's questionable, looking more like doubtful with a hamstring injury. And that, that could be a game changer. So we'll discuss that as we go. And then over on the Green Bay side, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his questionable Achilles injury on Thursday popped up. So he's looking more like doubtful. And then one of their um, peripheral wide receivers, Equinemius St. Brown, he's questionable with a knee injury. So that's the injury overview here. Uh, we've got Green Bay, of course, leading the division at 7-3. and three. Chicago five and five. They're coming in with some rest after that loss to Mon- on uh, Monday night to Minnesota. Green Bay coming in after that uh, overtime loss to Indianapolis. So with that as the bra- as the backdrop, Shane, what's your take on this game uh, from a big picture standpoint? Yeah, I mean it. It does look like a like a bad mismatch here. Uh, you know, in terms of Chicago going in against Green Bay. They just don't, you know, Chicago played Green Bay really tough last year, but this year, the way these teams are trending, they don't match up well. Uh, Green Bay is in a, in a good spot here at home. So there's a reason why they're huge favorites. So, I mean, start on the Chicago side. In terms of DFS, I mean, the main guy you probably want to target here is Allen Robinson. Um, the good news is, I mean, the game script plays out well for Allen Robinson. He has had some good games with Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky is a little bit more mobile to be able to uh, manipulate the pocket, move around the pocket, and maybe make some big plays downfield to Allen Robinson. He's not afraid to sling it. He has a strong arm. He's just not very accurate. So if he can throw a couple accurate passes, 
I like I like the upside here of Allen Robinson to have a big game. They're going to have to get past volume. It might get a little bit ugly, but in terms of just that garbage time production, I like Allen Robinson, and I like the fact that on the primetime slate on FanDuel and DraftKings, he's in the $6,000 range, so he's reasonably priced for the talent he has. Um, so that's the main matchup I'm looking at, and I'm hoping that they put uh, Jair Alexander, the, the number one rated you know, pro football fo- focus cornerback, I'm hoping they put him on Mooney a little bit because uh, it's a smaller, quicker guy, and they let you know Kevin King, who's you know questionable for this game, if they let him as a bigger corner on Allen Robinson, I like that matchup there better um, than probably Jair Alexander trying to shadow Robinson. But I think Allen Robinson could beat any of those guys in the game scripts. They're going to play more, you know, probably just back up and let them, you know, pass the ball around a little bit, let Trubisky throw the ball around a little bit in the second half if they get up big, which is what's projected here. Um, and then other than that, yeah, I mean – I'm not really huge on Montgomery. I know you're you're taking a look at him. We talked about it, you know, earlier for the podcast, which makes sense. He gets volume. He's in a good spot there. And Green Bay, you can attack them through the run game. It's just I'm worried about the offensive line, and I'm worried about Montgomery in general in terms of his production and his explosiveness to be able to produce. Um, the other guy from Chicago side, uh, I would look at Jimmy Graham. Uh, he he's usually has a pretty good connection with Trubisky. And, you know, even though he's old, he's still a talented big athlete out there. Uh, Green Bay's pretty good against wide receivers, but you can get them in, in the tight end position here. So I can see Jimmy Graham having a decent game, and he's pretty cheap, uh, especially on DraftKings at 4,000 hours on the primetime slate. So that's kind of what I'm looking at for the Chicago side there. Okay, yeah, interesting. So I got to start with Trubisky. I, I started to chuckle there when you were talking about his mobility. I mean, <laughs> yeah. imagine if he wasn't an upgrade on mobility from Nick Foles. We'd have a real problem there. <laughs> that would be yeah, tough. it would, that would be, be ugly, tough. Yeah. So yeah. he he does have that going for him, and he's actually really cheap on the DraftKings primetime slate. He's only five point one, and I actually think he's in play there as a GPP. He's had some decent games against Green Bay, and uh, you know he's not going to be my lead quarterback. I don't have a lot of faith in him because that offensive line has been so bad, like like you like you mentioned, and like we saw against Minnesota and, and the Rams in primetime. Um, but I think he can get some stuff done, and he can at least have one or two of his pass catchers hit value. So Robinson certainly in play. We'll, we'll keep a look at the uh, we'll keep looking at the matchups to see if they favor Robinson or Mooney. And then I, I do want to mention Miller and Graham. And, you know, looking back at the beginning of the season when Trubisky was starting, they both had some success with Trubisky. In week one, Anthony Miller had four catches for 76 and a touchdown. And then Jimmy Graham, he had three catches for 25 and a touchdown in week one. And he had a touchdown in week three before Trubisky got pulled in favor of Foles. So I like both of those guys as cheap options. If, especially if you're making multiple lineups on DraftKings. And then we do have to talk about Montgomery. You know, I agree, yards per carry, it has not been pretty this year, 3.6. But Green Bay has given up the second most fantasy points to running backs this season. They give up a bunch of touchdowns. They've given up 11 rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. And that's the thing with Montgomery. He gets so much volume. If he gets 15 carries and four or five catches, you know, he averages 3.3 receptions per game already. They're playing from from behind. He gets a couple more catches. I think he can pay off value because he is cheaper. He's a lot cheaper than Aaron Jones. Uh, He's cheaper than Miles Sanders on this uh, two-game slate. So that's why I think you can look at him. 
Yeah, and I agree on Anthony Miller. I, I do think he's one of the most talented playmakers on the Bears that's very underutilized in that offense, you know, in terms of his run after the catch and his explosion. I like Anthony Miller. So I can see uh, I can see Chicago having to run more three wide receiver sets. So Anthony Miller getting on the field more in this game as they play catch up mode. So he is a guy that I, I, I like there as a sleeper guy here. All right. Let's transition over to the Green Bay side. And the Chicago defense has been very tough this year especially against the run. You know, we saw Dalvin Cook 30 carries for 96 yards against them. But if Akeem Hicks is out, how much do you think that impacts this game? I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, Akeem Hicks is, I mean, he's a, he just eats up double teams all day. He frees up those, you know, linebackers, that's talented linebackers behind him and makes those guys like look like, you know, pro bowlers. And they are really good linebackers, but Akeem Hicks changes everything. He literally moves the line of scrimmage, takes on multiple blockers, causes all kinds of pressure for quarterbacks. He just blows plays up and the guy turns to his size and athleticism is, is freakish. So if he's out, which I seen, I seen he didn't practice on Friday. So I think he's a little more doubtful than questionable because I can't imagine a guy that big with a hamstring issue getting up and going for a, a game here at full speed after not practicing all week. It just seems like a, a risk to me, an injury risk uh, to re-aggravate that. And they obviously want this guy for the, you know, for the rest of the year to be able to play. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, uh, you know, if you look at pro football's run blocking grades, Green Bay is one of the top run blocking teams in the entire league. And they're so good that even when they compare them with their offensive line matchups, because this is one of those games you want to look in the trenches and see what's going on. Green Bay still has a 17% run blocking advantage against the Chicago front, which obviously is a great front. And that's factoring in Akeem Hicks and him, him blowing up plays. So if you take Akeem Hicks out of that, we don't have a percentage, but I imagine their advantage in terms of moving the line of scrimmage and opening up holes for talented running backs like Aaron Jones and even Jamal Williams, that frees it up. So I like Green Bay's running game, even though the matchup is very difficult, if Akeem Hicks is out, that opens things up even more. And the game script, when you're a 10-point favorite at home, you know, at the end of November here in a division matchup, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't just go after him in the run game if they get up big. I mean, why drop back Aaron Rodgers several times against uh, against Khalil Mack and those guys, you know, and, and risk him getting injured with those guys coming around the edge? I would rather just run right at him, especially if the big guy Hicks is not in the middle. So that's why I really like the Green Bay running backs. Of course, Aaron Jones, he gets it done in the passing game, too and he's explosive in the running game. And you can even look at Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams sometimes gets hot and gets a couple series, and that's all it takes for him to produce at a lower price here as well. Yeah, I want to follow up there before we get to the passing game for Green Bay. And just a couple stats here. Why are we talking about this Chicago run defense so much? It's because they've only given up six rushing touchdowns all season and zero passing touchdowns to the running backs. And you mentioned Akeem Hicks drawing all those double teams, he still has managed to be sixth on the team in tackles and second in sacks. So he gets plays, you know, he gets things done out there despite the double teams. So it is going to be a massive loss. I agree. I think Green Bay is really going to turn to the run more if he's out. And again, Chicago has been very stingy against the pass, against quarterbacks and wide receivers. So uh, we figure that Green Bay will run it more Will there be anything left for the passing game to accomplish? Do you think that Rodgers can get it done with any of his pass catchers? 
Yeah, it'll just be the usual heavy dose of Devontae Adams, you know, of course. So, yeah, I think Devontae Adams, you know, he'll probably see a lot of the rookie uh, Jalen Johnson, who's been a great rookie, by the way, but he's still a rookie and it's still Devontae Adams who's uncoverable. So a healthy Devontae Adams, uh, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers has looked to have a little bit of revenge on Chicago as they played him really tough and limited him last year in their matchups. This is their first matchup this year. So I think Aaron Rodgers will look to, to hit them a little bit through the air. Not going to be a heavy volume game. So that's why I don't prefer Aaron Rodgers in this in this game, the way he's done the game script, because it's not like it's going to be a back and forth shootout, most likely. I don't think Trubisky's up to the task to, 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 to force Aaron Rodgers to have to throw, really. Uh, but uh, so that's why. But Devontae Adams is going to get the majority of the targets here, especially if uh, MVS is out. So he's going to get a ton of volume, and he and I think he will produce big here, no matter who's covering him in that in that secondary. Um, he's just great in terms of run after the catch and everything he does. He's obviously their main red zone target. So really like him. And then Lazard is back healthy now. If he gets to line up in the slot, if they're running three wide receiver sets, if he gets to go up against Buster Screen, you know that's a good matchup there uh, against Chicago. You can hit them through the middle, and Lazard is really cheap. Uh, so he could have a big game now that it's like his second game back from injury. He should have his legs under him now. Um, so I can see Lazard, uh, Aaron Rodgers getting him involved. And then Tungin also has a pretty good matchup against Chicago. Again, usually better hitting them through the middle than trying to uh, press the outsides on the wide receivers. So Tungin, I think, is in play here as well. And then, of course, the Packers defense is probably the number one defensive play here because you don't know where Trubisky's going to be throwing the ball or how many times they're going to sack him or how many fumbles he's going to have. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. I mean, these are likely scenarios, you know. So it's, you know, pretty likely that they get some sacks and they get some turnovers and there's some so some ugly plays, especially if, if Chicago's in desperation mode and forces Trubisky to have to throw. Because, um, you know, if Montgomery's only averaging like, you know, two yards a carry, they're not going to be able to get very far without throwing. Yeah, good stuff there. I'll just add with the tight ends, Chicago uh, is uh, attackable with tight ends. They've given up the 10th most fantasy points there. So Tunyon's in a good spot. Uh, the Bears just gave up four catches to, and 63 yards to Kyle Rudolph. Tunyon coming off a nice game against Indianapolis. And Jay Sternberger had three catches for 23. So there's another guy who's really cheap on both sites that you could look at if you want to punt the position and get some of these studs at the other positions. All right, Shane, before we get to game two, let's hear about this tremendous offer from betus.com.pa. Hello, this is Coach from DFS Coach Talk. If you're looking to up your game in DFS and want to take it to the next level, and you're looking to also play some wagers on this weekend's action, I have the greatest offer for you that we have ever put forward here at DFS Coach Talk. All you need to do is go to betus.com.pa, use the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, no spaces, and deposit $149 for your first deposit in BetUS. With that deposit, you will receive a free membership for DFS Coach Talk from the day you sign up all the way until April 1st. So you'll get all a lot of our NBA action, the rest of the NFL season and PGA, and uh, be there for the beginning of spring training and baseball. So we would love for you to join us. And uh, also, BetUS will take that 149 and give you a 125% free play match 
that you can use also uh, to bet on the games. It is the best DFS provider and the best sports book in the industry. Can't miss this opportunity. We would love to have you join the DFS Coach Talk family, and we hope to see you very soon. Take advantage of this offer. We're going to definitely crush it the rest of this season, and you can do the same in BetUS. That's betus.com.pa, promo code Coach Talk, all one word. See you in there, and let's collect the money. Welcome back, and thank you again to BetUS for that tremendous offer. Again, use that promo code Coach Talk, all one word. Uh, join at betus.com.pa, and then we'll get you in as a member all winter long until April 1st. So love to have you. We give out full lineups on FanDuel, a, a cash lineup, GPP lineup. Uh, we give out our coach's clipboard on DraftKings with our core plays and pivots. We cover the main slate. We cover every primetime slate, every showdown game on, on national television. So we'd love to have you join us. And uh, we've got a tremendous community of members having a lot of fun. Uh, so pumped about that. All right, Shane, I'm pumped about game two here because we've got to finish off this primetime slate with the right picks. In this game here, we've got Seattle, the five-and-a-half-point favorites in Philly, over under 49 on BetUS. And in terms of injuries, big news here with Seattle, Chris Carson is back. He's going to be out there, and uh, Coach Carroll is fired up about him. I heard the, the, the quote there where he's saying he's ready to go and – Full speed ahead. So, are you saying ready. Pete Carroll is an optimist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sort of like a par for the course, right? Yeah. Uh, so awesome you guy. can you can read into that if you want, or it's just uh, kind of normal. But anyway, he'll be out there. Greg Olson will not. He's out. So we've got some value at tight end. David Moore uh, questionable with the hip injury that popped up, and then on the Philly side, Zach Ertz is still out. So we've got the other tight uh, two tight ends to look at. So. Talk to me about this one from the Seattle side with uh, the favorites. Yeah, I mean, you're looking uh, – Russell Wilson's looking pretty good. I mean, this is – if you're looking at a two-game slate or a showdown, uh, you know, he's still in that MVP, uh, you know, candidate race here. Philadelphia is interesting because they're actually pretty good, uh, pretty decent pass rush and pretty good in coverage this year. They've been decent against the pass. They haven't been, you know, lit up like they have in the past. And Philadelphia hasn't been as dominant against the run. So you can really kind of pick and choose whether you want to try to run the ball or pass on them. You know, they haven't been great, but they've been competitive on defense. And they are at home here with Seattle having to travel all the way out to the East Coast. So I think we have to factor that in um, here. But overall, yeah, I like Russell Wilson here. I think that uh, this will be a competitive game, a little more competitive than the Sunday night game. And Russell Wilson will have to pass. The problem is you're going to have to pay way up for him, and you're going to have to make decisions there in the lineup elsewhere if you're paying way up for Russell Wilson. Um, and, of course, if you like Russell Wilson, you, you know, you got to like his guys, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It uh, looks like D.K. Metcalf will probably get the shadow treatment from Darius Slay, which, you know, I looked up Darius Slay's matchups, and, you know, he's done a pretty good job. He's rated high. But, you know, I know Darius Slay from when he played in Detroit. I would say 
he's a little bit towards the decline of his career. He's still a really good corner and he's not, you know, he's not a small guy, but he's not, it's, you know, obviously no one's as big as Metcalf. So my point is I noticed like Darius Slayton had a pretty good game against him just recently, who's another big, you know, athletic guy, but it's still again, not as good as Metcalf and not as good a quarterback. So my point is DK Metcalf can definitely beat Darius Slayton. Normally I try to certain matchups. I try to avoid him a little bit. So I think you can, I think he's definitely worth paying up for DK Metcalf. The only problem, if you're playing the two games late, it's hard to afford Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. That's my only concern with it is making that decision. But I like DK Metcalf, and I think that Slay hasn't really faced that many tough matchups when I look at the receivers he's faced. You know, he's faced, you know, New York Giants. He's faced a lot of passing attacks that weren't that explosive. He hasn't faced anything like this. So I like DK Metcalf here. And, of course, Tyler Lockett. He's been kind of up and down, kind of boom or bust. Looks like a pretty good spot for him. You know, they have Nicole Roby Coleman, who's an okay slot corner, but he hasn't played great this year. So you can beat uh, Philadelphia in the slot here. So Tyler Lockett's in play here as well, and you get him at a little bit of a discounted price compared to DK. Uh, And then, uh, you know, Chris Carson is pretty expensive if you're looking over on FanDuel. So he might be a little bit better of a value on DraftKings uh, on the two-game slate. Uh, But Chris Carson is definitely in play. He's a powerful runner between the tackles. I think Seattle is going to try to run the ball, especially if they get a lead here. Um, Again, I looked up the trenches in terms of the blocking advantage. Seattle, 32% run blocking advantage. So that stood out to me is that Philadelphia normally stout against the run. They're not as dominant this year. And Seattle's done a pretty good job run blocking. Now that they have both of their good running backs back, Carson and Hyde, I think both those guys are in play. If you want to pay down, I think Seattle is not going to give a full workload to Carson because we all know he's injury prone and you want to save him for the playoff run. So I think that means Carlos Hyde still gets a decent amount of carries and he can produce in a small amount of carries here and maybe get some mop-up time in the second half. So that's why I think Carlos Hyde's also in play. And then if you want to get a a value guy from Seattle, you can get Jacob Hollister. He's more their receiving tight end and he's super cheap. And uh, if they have Disley in a little bit more for blocking purposes, with Greg Olson out, Hollister's snap count and his, his routes run and targets is going to go up, and he's super cheap. And the guy's a pretty good athlete in space. You know, he's not a real big guy, so that helps him in terms of elusiveness and space and his speed. So I, I like Hollister here as a, as a cheap uh, tight end option. So, yeah, you got to love the Seattle side. It's just a matter if you can afford to pay up for their, for the Russell Wilsons and those expensive receivers. But they're expensive for a reason because they're really good. <laughs> so Yeah, they sure are. And I, I agree that Russell Wilson's worth paying up for on this two-game slate, even though he is the most expensive. And if you look at the matchup on paper, you'll see that Philly has given up the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But if you look at the matchups, they've had some really weak opposing quarterbacks. Exactly. So don't don't be deceived by that. Go with the MVP, like you said, Shane. Go with Wilson. And it is a matter of, okay, who are we going to pair him up with? I'm I'm looking at this with the perspective of of cost savings. I would rather, if I'm going to go with Devontae Adams, I'd I'd like to save a little bit and go with Lockett over Metcalf. Uh, you've you've gotten some damage against Philly in the slot this year, so I, I feel great about that matchup. Metcalf could certainly get it done. Um, you know, like, like you said, for the reasons you said, and he got it done against Philly in the playoff game last year. Um, so Seattle feeling good about that 17 to nine. You remember that one? Uh, so Philly certainly looking for revenge here, but I I don't think they're going to get it. I think Seattle gets, gets it done. Uh, they're just going to overpower them and Carson. What I I think he's the biggest 
you know, X factor in terms of price, as you look at the two sites, only 6,000 on DraftKings here for this two game slate, but 8,000 on FanDuel. So it's a lot tougher to get to him over there. I can see why you would consider Hyde on FanDuel. Um, I'm all about Carson on DraftKings here. It is a little tougher on FanDuel, but it's a great matchup. Uh, Philly giving up 133 yards per game on the ground. So I like Carson here. And, uh, uh, you know, Coach Carroll said he's feeling good. So we got we got to take him at his word. Yeah. And then uh, I agree with you on Hollister. I think he's a, a, a smart play here. Save some money. You can go two tight ends on this slate, I think. There's enough options. And uh, Hollister was productive against Philly last year in that playoff game. So I'll go back to him again. All right, Shane, on the Philly side, this is an interesting scenario because Seattle, as we've talked about most weeks here, has been awful against the pass. But Carson Wentz has been awful lately. And he hasn't been running. He's been turning it over. He's got 14 interceptions this year and four lost fumbles. So 18 turnovers to only 14 passing touchdowns. It just hasn't worked. And that's why everybody around Philly is so frustrated with Wentz. But can he be more productive against this Seattle pass defense that's really had trouble stopping the opposing passing games? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is no. And, and that's <laughs> coming from a, a Carson Wentz optimist. You know, I've kind of a, I've liked Carson Wentz over the years. I've, you know, I've looked at him a few times this year as a good play, under the radar play, and he's done nothing but disappoint you. He's still talented, but he just looks confused, disoriented. He holds on to the ball too long. He, he, yes. He's throwing picks. He's fumbling it. He's got, you know, some decent talent around him. So he now that he's got, you know, his running back back, you know, these these wide receivers have stepped up. Uh, he can't really complain that he has no talent. I know that's been an uh, issue in Philly before, but my point is and the other thing I, that I don't like about the matchup is once Seattle got Jamal Adams back, I mean, there's a reason why they gave up so much, so many assets and draft picks to, to make that trade with the Jets. I mean, they gave up a ton for him. They're all in on a Super Bowl run, but you see how much that transforms the Seattle defense. And a lot of people think of Seattle as this team that you just completely shred through the air. And a lot of those games were given were given up with Jamal Adams out of the lineup. So Jamal Adams can can shut down your opposing, uh, you know, a wide receiver. He can run those blitzes. You know, he's one of the best uh, blitz guys out there. Um, he's just the enforcer in the box there. So I don't. I don't like that matchup in terms of Philly's banged up offensive line. You got Lane Johnson, they're one of their best tackles out again this game. And you got, you know, guys like Jamal Adams blitzing and those linebackers, you know, pretty good defensive front for Seattle. So I don't love the matchup here. If you want to pay down, you can you can get creative with wins. I mean, he might get some garbage time in the second half if they get down. And I do like some of his wide receivers here, but Overall, it just doesn't look like a good matchup to me for Philadelphia. And I don't see them being able to turn it around this quick, even though I've been a fan of them this this uh, year. Um, but if you want to get to the receivers, I think the receivers are going to get enough production to get it done. So I like Travis Fulgham here. I think he can get it done. You know, if he gets matched up on, you know, Trey Flowers or one of these Seattle guys, Seattle's been banged up in the secondary. 
I like Travis Fulgham. I mean, they're going to have to pass. They're going to be down, so he will get some production. And then Jalen Rager looks great. He's an explosive athlete. He's got that run-after-the-catch ability. So even though I don't think overall they're going to be that good at, at moving the ball, they just need a couple big plays from those guys to hit value um, just because they're pretty cheap and you need value on the slate. So they're the most talented, cheap wide receivers with the big role. They're number one and number two wide receivers. They pretty much play all the snaps. So that's why you have to consider those guys. And I'm I'm – I'm pretty much borderline fade on Miles Sanders, even though I, I love Miles Sanders. I always, always really like him and recommend him. Uh, it's just Seattle is just suffocating running backs in the run in the run game. No one can do anything against them. And uh, Miles Sanders doesn't seem to be as involved in the passing game as he should be. Maybe they will game plan him more passes in this game, and that's how he would get the job done uh, because he's great in the screen game and he's a, he's a great run after the catch type guy, but. Miles Sanders, I don't think he'd get it done on the ground here in this tough matchup with the banged-up Philadelphia offensive line. So, again, just doesn't look like a great matchup. Um, here's another guy, though, Dallas Goddard. I think he is worth paying up for. I know there's some good value tight ends here, but Dallas Goddard's still the most talented tight end on the slate, and I think he's still really good in one of the last games where maybe uh, Zach Ertz is out. So I think that he's he could make some big plays here as well. So, again, it's kind of garbage. You're looking for this garbage-time Philadelphia plays here. A couple big plays. Seattle, you can get them. But, again, I look at Seattle's defense completely different when they have their their star uh, safety and their Adams. So that's why I, I have a hard time with Philadelphia side here. But you can get a little exposure just because you kind of need the value. Yeah, I think you need to use one or two of these receivers – and Fulgham is my favorite. He's also cheap compared to the other wide receiver ones on this slate. So I could get him out there. Rager, okay, is an option. Ward, I like Ward with some savings, especially on DraftKings. He's only 3,300 PPR. He's better uh, suited to DK. You could go there. I'm with you on fading Sanders. You know, the most rushing yards that Seattle has given up all season is only 65. And yeah. that's just not good for Sanders. You know, part of that is because teams have had so much success passing it. Um, and so I agree with you. If they get him involved in the passing game, he could hit value, but I'd rather uh, I'd rather invest in these other running backs on the two-game slate. And then with the tight ends, you know, Seattle has been tough there. Uh, they've given up the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends, only three touchdowns all season. But Philly's a little bit of a different animal because they featured the tight end so much. Goddard, very talented. He's got the size to, to get it done. So I agree he's in play. But the, the funny thing is Richard Rodgers is that much cheaper. And do you know who the second leading receiver on Philly is this year in terms of yardage? It's Richard Rodgers. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He's number two on the team, and he's only 2,900. So, you know, yeah. even though Goddard's out there, you could go there. Only 2900 on DraftKings. Again, great way to save some money here uh, to pay up for the other guys. All right, Shane, so we're going to grind on these lineups here. We invite folks to come in as members if you're not with us already, so you can take advantage of it. We'll give out the, the full FanDuel lineups and the core plays on DraftKings about 45 minutes before the Sunday night kickoff. And uh, social media, we'd love to have you uh, check in with us there. Shane is at DET Sports Shane. I'm at Language Olympic. Uh, the coach is at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And then on YouTube, if you could, hit that like button and subscribe so you find out when our next podcast posts. 
We are doing a bunch of podcasts every week on the NFL, five to six, and uh, we'll be back for the Thursday night game. Uh, if there is one, uh, when, whenever the next primetime game is, who knows? It could be Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be Tuesday ready for night that. football. <laughs> Tuesday night football. <laughs> yeah, all uh, kinds of weird stuff. We should have that this week. Uh, no. So uh, we'll just have to stay stay tuned on that. We might get Friday night lights. You never know. Yeah, you NFL might. Friday night lights. Yep, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Shane, great work as always. Uh, so we'll say goodbye here. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next time as we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>